Hans Moman Productions presents Four Finger Discount. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and welcome to another edition of Smartline. Are cartoons too violent for children? Most people would say, no, of course not. What kind of stupid question is that? Four Finger Discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount, Australia's favourite Simpsons-based podcast, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we are here to review Itchy and Scratchy and Marge. Yes, we are. But right off the top, Dando, I've had a joke. What is it? Uh, now, this is uh, props to my buddy Matt Holmes. for not, He didn't even send this one in. I know that name. Uh, you might know him. Did he go to your wedding? No, he wasn't at the wedding, but I used to work with him. He's just... Maybe I've just seen him on Facebook. He's been in the music scene in Geelong. Oh. As in, he's a music fan of in Geelong. <laughs> um, <laughs> he knows Nirvana. Uh, he's aware of Nirvana, and he's bought at least two of their albums. Okay, cool. Really liked that recent one they did. No, so this was... Uh, I, re- I was reading this today, and I was like, this is goddamn funny. It needs to be read out. So he has no idea that this is getting read in the podcast. But hey, if ever there's a way to get new listeners on, it's just to tell stories about them. Yep. A duck walk... Oh, also, sorry, I've called out for jokes before in the past. This is the sort of stuff I'm looking for. I mean, I've loved what's been sent through, but, like, this is this is like the pinnacle for me. Okay. A duck walks into a pub and orders a pint of beer and a ham sandwich. So, we're already we're in surreal land, and I'm enjoying it. The barman looks at him and says, Hang on, you're a duck. I can see your eyes are working, replies the duck. And you can talk, explains the barman. I can see your ears are working too, says the duck. Now, if you don't mind, can I have my beer and sandwich, please? Certainly. Sorry about that, uh, says the barman as he pulls the duck's pint. It's just that we don't get many ducks in this pub. What are you doing around this way? Well, I'm working on a building site across the road, explains the duck. I'm a plasterer. The flabbergasted barman cannot believe the duck and wants to learn more, but he takes the hint when the duck pulls out a newspaper from his bag and proceeds to read it. So the duck reads his paper, drinks his beer, eats his sandwich, and bids the barman good day and leaves. The same thing happens for two weeks. Then one day, the circus comes in town. The ringmaster comes into the pub for a pint, and the barman says to him, You're with the circus, aren't you? Well, I know this duck that could be brilliant in your circus. He talks, he drinks beer, eats sandwiches, reads the paper and everything. Sounds marvellous, says the ringmaster, handing over his business card, says, get him to give me a call. So the next day, the duck comes into the pub and the barman says, hey, Mr. Duck, I reckon I can line you up with a top job paying real good money. Says, well, I'm always looking for the next thing, says the duck. Where is it? At the circus, replies the barman. The circus, repeats the duck. That's right, says the barman. The circus, the duck asks again, with the big tent. Yeah, the barman replies. With all the animals who live in steel cages and performers who live in caravans, says the duck. Of course, the barman replies. And the tent has canvas sides and a big canvas roof with a hole in the middle, persists the duck. That's right, says the barman. The duck shakes his head in amazement and says, well, what the fuck would they want with a plasterer? (laughs) Not where I thought it was going to be going. No, I love it. (laughs) It takes a really long time heading you in one direction. I'm I'm like, this is going for 10 minutes, I better go somewhere. (laughs) So, please, if you've got any long jokes like that, that's what I'm looking for. Should we start our podcast with them or end them? Uh, it depends I think, on how I think about fifty percent of them just tuned out halfway through. I was the pretty, joke. I was pretty, I was, I was experiencing a lot of joy about that one. You were, sp- you were speeding through it at one point too. I, I feel like you got that in your head. You're like, okay, this is taking a bit longer. I'm going to speed it up a little it's bit. It's one of those things that when you're telling it with an audience, you can drag it out longer. But when you're telling it and it's only your own voice, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> I've been going a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should also mention, make sure you listen to our interview with Maggie Roswell that we did a couple of days ago. Got it up straight away from AMC Expo. In yes, Melbourne. we did. But if you're a new listener and this is the first episode that you happen to have clicked on, please go back and check that out. How interview. good was it? It was so good. She was so great. So classy. And it's one of those moments I keep telling people where I wasn't pinching myself, but 
you're so in the zone, you're so in awe of someone who's who's worked on the show essentially from the beginning. Yeah. You're listening to what they're saying, but you're not taking it in. So, no. it was great to be able to go back and edit it and think, oh, that's right. I remember her saying this now, but it, it wasn't processing at that point. I was just like, oh my God, I'm talking to Maggie Roswell. She's doing just, the Helen Lovejoy voice. It was just watching... Yeah, it was like... It was a real out-of-body experience. It was like you're just watching her on TV. It didn't really click that I was like, hang on, she's talking to me. I'm yeah. talking to her. We're and, equals. And when she sang Sherry Bobbins, that was the highlight for me. I remember thinking at that point, I cannot fucking believe this. Yeah, I know. I... um. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was so lucky. Go back and listen if you haven't listened. Listen to it again if you have listened. Also, thanks to everybody that's liked us on Facebook, facebook.com slash discount. Well over, closing in on 6,000 likes now. Well, you say that, it's going to be... So, fr- we recorded on a Friday night and we were all excited about it being a 3,000 likes. It's now Tuesday night and it's 5,890. It, it's Is it 5,890 now? Something like that. A couple a couple weeks ago, my wife was saying, we should have a party when you guys hit 5,000, kind of thinking eh, that'll news. be so far down the track. It'll be summer by then, the trees... <laughs> <laughs> like the birds will be singing. A week and a half later, she she looked and went, "Oh, you passed it. <laughs> <laughs> we passed it yesterday. Nearly a thousand likes since. It's unbelievable." Anyway, we really do appreciate you guys liking the page. Like we said, if you want to message us something, we always read them and we will always write back. That's something we're big on is fan interaction. So if you send us a message, we might not write back straight away, especially if you're overseas, because you we might s- be messaging us at like all hours of the morning. There are at least two days a week where Dando sleeps, guys. Yeah. So please just don't don't get angry if there's a little bit of a delay. In saying that, let's get into our review of... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. What? I'm so, what? so, so sorry. We, f- we completely forgot about our intro today. We didn't thank him. Oh, shit. We didn't either. Yeah. James Tan. James, thank you so much. Just get- before the episodes that we recorded. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like right before, you know, it took my thunder a little bit because I've spent the last three days working on El Pacino, but it oh, that's fine. <laughs> I'll put that in the bank and we'll get that coming out a little bit later on. But thank you so much for sending that in. If there's anyone else that can do a good impression of a voice or, you know, you might know if it's not know if it's good or not, but give it a crack and send it into us and... and this is uh, now occasionally we have to be mean, but if we think it's good enough and if we think it's up to standard, you will absolutely kick off our show. It is a good hands moment impression too. Like I mean, yeah, it's funny because this week I was thinking, oh, people stop sending in impressions. We need to start plugging that more often. Bang! Just before we record, how do hands moment? And I was yeah. like, oh, this could go very pear shaped. He even gets the huskiness going. Yeah, he does. It's really good. So well done, James. So like uh, Mitch just said, if you can do a good impression, send it through. Yeah, be our new intro. What I'm looking for next, James, is for you to send in a foot uh, a football. <laughs> send in a video of you getting hit in the groin by football. <laughs> we need to make our own one. I reckon you could do that really well. Yeah, and I'll be the, I'll be the following. Oh my groin! <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so let's get into our view of itchy and scratchy and Marge. Now, what were your first thoughts going into the episode i was really looking forward to it i know that you weren't i wasn't no i as a kid we liked different things as kids by the sounds of it you were more educated i liked the slapstick humor as a Mm -hmm. kid even going back and watching it again this afternoon not a favorite of mine i appreciate it for what it's trying to do i Mm. get it's got a cool message and it's great satire very very well written just not one of my favorites Okay, let's look i i was honestly this is one that i reckon i could talk about for hours and hours and hours it's probably one of their better episodes, but I don't know if it's one of my favourite episodes either. Like, I kind of get where you're coming from, that if I was just going to sit down and pop one on um, t- for fun, it probably wouldn't be this one. Yeah. But if I was going to watch one to analyse and to really go, oh my God, how fucking clever are these guys? This is probably one of the, the go-to ones. I think it's easily one of the smartest episodes that they've done. Yeah, like I said, it's very well written. It's just not fun to me. It's It's got a great message, but it's, I just didn't... I don't enjoy myself when I'm watching it. I laugh, but I'm, it's not enjoyable. There's two different types of Simpsons stories, like we always say. There's ones that are jokes with stories, and ones that are stories with jokes. Yeah. This one was a story, but it didn't really have many laugh-out-loud jokes to me, anyway. A couple of moments I really enjoyed, but the rest, uh, I don't know. Okay. 
That's just my opinion. It doesn't mean that anyone else can't. No, like of course. Look, my I, I, for me, I, there was. I mean, it's a more subtle humor running through this, but I, I had a lot of belly laughs when I was reading it last night. Um, and what I like is that Homer in this episode in particular, he is the foil for the audience. Like he, yeah, Homer is the foil guy. for the writers. You should say. Well, yeah, sorry for the writers, but is the audience way in to yeah. this episode? You'll watch a lot of people. Your your layperson, your everyday man, woman, whatever, is watching it through Homer's eyes, like. As Marge is trying to get all indignant about what's going on, Homer's the one sitting on the couch just laughing at what's going on. Um, when the writers decide to parody Marge and, and write her in there as a squirrel, I love that Homer just has no idea of it. And he's like, Take that, you dumb squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Where do they get their ideas? Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, do you want to get into a quick synopsis? Uh, yeah, of course. So, I feel this is going to be your episode. You drive this episode because okay. it's one of your favorites. So, yeah. you go for it. That said, you've still got like a page and a half of notes. And Six I have pages, please. Eight dot points. Professional, uh, that's why. Uh, no, or maybe I just no, like... So you're professional because you only got eight dot points. You don't need the notes. Like oh, I okay. Do. I thought you were saying you're professional because you, you like how I saved myself there. Yeah, well done. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, kicks off pretty well. Oh, sorry. Kicks off with Marge making pork chops. Mm. Um, and straight away, there's a funny little joke in there of like, you know, she's adding... Quick synopsis. Okay, so the overall synopsis, <laughs> my apologies. The overall synopsis basically is that Maggie bonks Homer on the head with a hammer. Marge can't figure out how an innocent baby would be so um, driven to do something like that and then comes to the conclusion that it's cartoons that are causing the violence. She pickets against Itchy and Scratchy, gets them pulled, not pulled from the air, but gets them massively changed to take all of the violence out. Spoiler alert, no one likes them without the violence. They're not funny anymore. Then there's a night of, well... Michelangelo. Yeah, Michelangelo's David comes to town. People expect her to protest that. She doesn't. And there's a good little comment that we're going to get into a little bit later on about how if you're going to protest one form of entertainment, uh, it's really difficult not to protest all forms of entertainment. You kind of corrupt yourself by doing so. Yes. Now, it was originally aired on December 20th, 1990, which I noticed was more than... No, it was two weeks exactly after the last episode aired. So, there must have been something happening in between. What would have been? The last episode was Bart the Daredevil... Thanksgiving yeah. was before that. I'm not quite sure why they had the week break, but anyway. So, December 20th, 1990, the chalkboard gag was, I will not pledge allegiance to Bart. And the couch gag was, basically, there was no couch. And the family looked around, dumbfounded. Maggie was still cool, though. Wasn't she? Like, wasn't Maggie just kind of chilled? I guess so. Is as chilled not, as the baby think, could be? Well, I think she just, like, you know, kind of took place where the couch normally would be. Okay, I don't quite remember that. Enough, You're yeah. probably right. You're usually right. Okay, so it starts off uh, with Marge, as you said, cooking pork chops in the kitchen. Now you can get into your full synopsis. I can. Which... Now, this is one that I really like because I love cooking. Yes, uh, that's why uh, I thought I'd leave it to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, making your pork chops and, you know... So, can I just interrupt? This is why I stopped you before because I knew you were going to get right into the scene. I was like, I've got to stop him before he gets too much into this yeah, quick we going to get half an hour before <laughs> I talked about what had happened in the episode. <laughs> so, let's go into Because she's throwing in her rosemary and her turmeric and yeah. all of her other little bits and pieces. And then Homer comes in. And Homer's nice in this episode. Like, Homer can be a jerk, but in this one, he's a fairly nice guy and he starts by complimenting Marge, saying that she makes the best pork chops out of anybody. Uh, and her response is, Oh, now, Homer, they're nothing special. The extra ingredient is care. And then throws in about five more herbs yeah, and spices. Yeah, yeah. And what, then, what's your wife? Your wife does, does she cook? Much some, ash? Sometimes, occasionally. Well, well, but I do the vast majority. See, my favourite of Nicola's is risotto. Whenever she's making risotto, I'm always in the kitchen like Homer was like, Oh, I love your risotto. I can't wait for your risotto. Yep. Give me the risotto. What is it like for you? Or what would ash be for you when you cook? Because roles are reversed in your relationship. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Boston baked beans. 
So when you're making that, she's just like, I if, want it now. Yeah, if I'm, I'm, now. That's the one that she'll sort of dance around the kitchen and help me grab ingredients yeah. and throw them in. Hurry it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When really we're being a hindrance. No, no, no. She, she genuinely gets into that. Okay. Um, uh, and I will say the one thing that Ash does very well is scrambled eggs. In the microwave, admittedly, but she microwaves the scrambled egg better than anyone else I've ever known. I've never microwaved an egg before. Uh, ever. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's remarkably easy to do. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Anyway, from there, uh, we go into the lounge room. The kids are watching a chin scratching. Oh, Homer offers to make the spice rack. Sorry, much. the spice rack of course he yeah. goes into a big the, part of the episode yeah of course um we go to chin scratchy after that don't we yeah so he goes to make a spice rack every man has tools in a garage that they just don't use and they're never going to use and they bought at some point like i've got maybe 30 screwdrivers <laughs> how many different size screws are there really in the world there's like three <laughs> big small and kind of small yeah so he goes down he pulls out his how to make a spice rack uh sort of it's like a cookbook for tools i'm surprised it's not like brought to you by troy mcclure or something yeah well that does come later yeah um uh, I love that like he grabs his hammer and it's still got the price tag on it. Yeah. Pick up a hammer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, makes the ugliest looking spice rack in the world, but views it as a thing of beauty. I know, he's so proud of himself, isn't he? He's like, yeah. woo. Yeah, love it. <laughs> uh, and then Maggie comes along with a hammer um, in one of the greatest movie parodies and certainly one of the most famous movie parodies The Simpsons ever pulled out with the big psycho, like, yeah. The red paint with the blood. Yeah, the um, the table falling off as the shower curtain. I just wanted to point it out that it was very unexpected when that happened. I didn't expect Maggie to come out with a, a hammer. Like, yeah. Not a hammer. What is it? A, a, a mallet. mallet. A mallet, yeah. right. And I sort of thought when I was watching, I'm thinking, this is actually really quite violent. But it's not too violent. It's, where it's, it's, it's still cartoon violent. It's still cartoon violent, but it's she it's like wallops Tunes him now. on the head. Yeah. yeah. And it's not the type of violence we'd seen on The Simpsons up to that point. So I think they're trying to make a point there by saying... See, we can be violent, but it's not too violent. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you think many kids watched this episode and went and got mallets and... See, I, I, well, I know of one certain person <laughs> that may have, watched, may have watched this episode and gone and grabbed a knife from the drawer. Well, when that, Which well, is exactly what Maggie does. Exactly. When I watched it, I was going to say, Maggie pretty much did exactly what I did when I was a kid, and Maggie was banned from watching The Simpsons, uh, from watching Itchy and Scratchy. I was banned from watching The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway... Homer's been smashed on the head and he goes into sort of rest and recuperation mode. This is when we start watching Itchy and Scratchy. And as much as they've been mentioned and seen fleetingly, this is really the first episode that's ever shown them in a predominant light. Been part of the storyline. Yeah. There's a lot going on here and I was trying to figure out as I was watching it what sort of comment the writers were trying to make about Itchy and Scratchy themselves. And in this episode in particular, it's very rare that they're actually trying to be witty. Like, or that they actually are witty. There are a few itchy and scratchy cartoons that are pretty goddamn funny, but not many of them in this episode were. And it felt like, and this sort of comes and goes, that the writers weren't being one-sided in the argument about either the impact of television on violence or the debate about whether or not TV can cause violence or is too violent or whatever it might be. Like, no matter... There were some ways that they were very much in one camp and then there were other ways that were very much in the other. And I feel like with Itchy and Scratchy, they were being just stupidly violent. Like, there there was no point to the violence. There was no comedy in the violence. It was just violence for the sake of violence. And it, it did sort of give Marge the impetus to be able to... A, a proper impetus to go off and, and complain about this show. Well, when I looked up the episode, it did say on many different sites that the writers going into the episode 
wanted to take an unbiased opinion on the topic of TV violence. Yeah. Even though they had a very biased opinion that it's not influential. Yeah. They had to try and take the stance like you just mentioned. Yeah. The argument wouldn't have worked as well as... The episode wouldn't have worked as well, I should say. You know what I mean? No. If it was just them, it's having your cake and eating it too to be A on a TV show and then come out and make a TV show saying that TV shows are great. Like, it's... You know, that you're not serving anything there other than yourself, but you know, preaching to the choir, if anything. But by doing it the way they did, I think both sides, no matter what you believed, you'd be able to watch this episode and take something away from it. Is it? I wrote this down and then I deleted it because I thought it would be too, not controversial, but I thought people would be annoyed by me saying it. Mm. I don't find Itchy and Scratchy funny. And I don't understand why the characters on the show find them funny. Well, they're kids. I, I, I know that's their version of like the Looney Tunes. And I used to like the Looney Tunes as a kid, but I don't. I never sat there and laughed like every, like I don't know. I just don't get the. I think it's just that See, taken to the I, I, I like, to the I, ultimate. Like I watch like Looney Tunes for the the dialogue as well. With Itchy and Scratchy yeah. don't really have dialogue. It's just the violence. And Looney yeah. Tunes wouldn't be funny if they didn't have the dialogue leading up. The violence was the the kicker at the end, the cherry on top. The dialogue banter in between, like Alma Fudd and Bugs Bunny. He never got Bugs Bunny. And the, no, that's the, true. The banter leading up to him or Bugs Bunny eventually getting Alma back. That's what that what was funny. Yeah. It, it didn't just come out and just shoot bugs. That yeah, wouldn't be no. funny. Um, shot Daffy plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. The fact yeah. that Daffy's beak would spin around. Yeah, that yeah, was always yeah. amusing. Uh, but there are some times, and this is kind of what I was getting at, there were some times where they did write little witty moments into your chin scratchy. Sometimes, like the one yeah. where he's tied his tongue to the moon and he kind of Can't tried, get away from and, it. and he hides yeah. in the house. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. That's yeah. really funny. But this episode didn't have any of those moments. Uh, yeah. It was literally just. Cat hits mouse, Maybe they're deliberately trying cat. to do that, like you said. Yeah. They didn't want people to be like, because they didn't want people to take the stance against March. I think so. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's from uh, not long after this scene, and this doesn't have anything to do with the story, but it is one of my favorite lines. And this is where we come back to like, you got this really highfalutin, um, very upper level kind of comment on violence and, and censorship and all that sort of stuff. And then you've just got Homer being a dope in the background. So Homer calling in sick for work. You heard me. I won't be in for the rest of the week. I told you. My baby beat me up. Oh, it is not the worst excuse I ever thought up. I just love when Maggie sees the knife. Like, uh, is she trying to st- uh, stab Scratchy? Yeah. And she turns to Homer. Homer's like... Keep her away from me, March. She's got that crazy look in her eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> what I sort of thought, though, watching this was, Bart and Lisa clearly aren't influenced by this show. Mm. Why doesn't Marge just stop her baby from watching it and all will be well? Well, it's a very good question, but that's not how it often works with people. Like, it's it's that thing of generally when you're against something on TV, the option of, well, we should just not watch that never occurs to you. The option is, well, I shouldn't watch that. No one should watch it. That's awful. That's going to corrupt the world. Like, that that's the, kind of what people jump to. Is that the same people that blame Cooking Monster for kids being fat? Yes, it is. It is exactly the I don't same like people, those people that do that. Uh, no, Marge in this episode does everything that I don't like about people complaining about entertainment as well. And again, I'm going to get to that in more detail a little bit later on. Um, sorry, there was one other funny bit with the itchy and scratchy in this. The one where his eyes gets replaced by, get replaced by grenades, and yeah, then he yeah. looks in the mirror and combs his hair. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I will give them that concession. That was a damn funny one. Apparently, Marge in this episode was focused on um, when a woman in America named her name was Terry Recolter. I think that's how you pronounce it. Recolter. Mm-hmm. She um, protested against Fox due to something about married with children. So that's Uh-oh. what they based Marge, uh, Marge's stance in this episode on. Apparently. Okay. A little bit of a trivia, a little bit of a tidbit. A little bit of a tidbit. Little a few tidbits throughout this episode. A little bit of a fact. Yeah. And so after that, Marge decides the kids aren't allowed to watch Itchy and Scratchy and they go to school and the kids feel sorry for them. But then Bart and Lisa lie behind Marge's back and actually go watch at their friend's house. Yeah, that's true. Now, this is something I used to do 
when I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, I would go to my mate Michael Mead's house. He just lived around the corner. So I was on the way home from school. We'd call him to watch a couple of Simpsons tapes, and then I'd go home. Mum, none the wiser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then Marge is... Until you told her that a meatloaf sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it all came crashing down. And then, um, cut along to the, further along the episode, Marge, or Homer's sitting there watching TV. That's when he has the um, calls up work. And Marge is sitting in front of the TV taking notes about Itchy Scratchy. Yeah, and there was one very funny thing on there. Dogs tricked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, in amongst, like, you know... Um, uh, people be- disembowelings and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, dogs being tricked. Yeah, Which <laughs> dog was Poochie making an early uh, appearance. Yeah, he must have. There's a few little things I'm going to mention throughout the episode that are like teasers for future episodes. Even though they would not have meant it, you mm. can take it like that. Like that could be taken as a tease that there will one day be a dog in Itchy and Scratchy, and it's Poochie. Yeah, or it could just be a coincidence. That, that, that's what I mean. There's big coincidences yeah. that, that actually turn out to be episodes later on. So she writes a letter to Roger Myers, and we get the debut of Alex Rocco's. Roger Myers Jr. Yeah, so great. The star of this whole episode. Yeah. He's, his voice acting in this is phenomenal. Yep. It's just fantastic. It's everything that you would want someone in that position to be. Like, it's he's exasperated. And he's not he's not portrayed as being an idiot at all. He knows what good it television is. He doesn't give a is. shit. He knows what, famous, like, what popular television it is. And yeah, I love his... Um, the other, that's, again, this is a really subtle joke, but where he says, In regards to your specific comments about the show, our research indicates that one person cannot make a difference, no matter how big a screwball she is. That bit of our research indicates in like one of the most heavily focused tested industries in the world. The yeah. fact that they've you've got the effort of researching, can one person make a difference? No. I like <laughs> it just when Homer says to Marge, what are you going to do about it? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll write a letter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and his response comes with what of on the subject of censorship. What a great way of getting around censorship. And I didn't even get this until you told me before we did the show. Exactly. We were chatting about this on the weekend. So there's a, the phrase "fuck you" and the horse that you rode in on is sort of like an old fashioned insult. So like his letter has that. In oh, first, he gives us some memorabilia or like a photo. True professional. Yeah, like, it's just like the, the, the you um, can add this side photo to your collection. The usual side photo. You know, I appreciate you sending the letter, but basically, yeah. and then in closing, <laughs> and then we cut to Marge. And the horse I rode in on. I loved that. I, I didn't I get it. I never understood that. I was probably fifteen or sixteen rewatch, like you know, when one day this episode was on, and it was one of those moments of like, oh, yeah, I've seen this episode a number of times, and then that came up. I was like, oh, holy shit! I've never noticed that before. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really, really funny way of getting of very clearly to adults saying, you know, this is what the joke is, yeah. but not. To kids, like it just goes completely over their head. So it cuts to Marge. Uh, she's now protesting out the front of Itchy and Scratchy Studios with the family, and clearly the family do not want to be there. And Homer's like, Marge, people are looking at us. Mm. Like clearly he's he's embarrassed. I like Maggie's sign though. Stop me before I kill my father. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I cool. would love to see some kids wearing that on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I love. I wouldn't mind a snuff shirt either. Snuff. I love Marge's <laughs> insanely specific sign. Yes. Uh, what I- is it? I'm protesting because Itchy and Scratchy are indirectly responsible for my husband being hit on the head with a mallet. There's so much text on him, but they're actually quite effective because people have to squint and they're like, what does that sign say? They actually, if it was just big writing, they'd be like, yeah, whatever. They're interested to see what it says, so they, they stare at it. And then mob mentality just kicks in and everyone starts joining it. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> here's another thing, another comment, another Simpsons comment about mob mentality is that people don't even know what they're protesting. Like, you got Mo walking around <laughs> with a sign saying, bring back wagon train. Like, <laughs> nothing at all to do with anything, but he's like, well, if we're protesting TV, I want Wagon Train back. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, we should say what SNUS stands for. Can you remember off the top of your head? Uh, I've got a bit of in case you don't. Sensitive something or no. others. Springfieldians for non-violence, understanding, and helping. 
Aha, that's what it stands for. Springfieldians. I always wonder what... Well, there's something we can all get behind. I always wonder what people in Springfield were called, like Springfieldianites, but Springfieldians. Mm. I always thought it was that. Just Marge confirmed it for me. Yeah. So, he said more and more people join on, uh, my mentality, and I just like at the end when she goes... How many of you were hit on the head with mallets last week? Yeah! Right on, so then it cuts to the family, they're eating TV dinners because Marge hasn't got time to cook anymore because she's too busy protesting. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of sad. It's just, it's something she believes in. She wants to do it, but it's affecting her family. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know I mean, what Marge is in this episode, Matt, is very much what Kyle's mum is in the South Park movie. That She is, yeah. She just goes on bitch. this massive crusade. <laughs> massive crusade that alienates everyone close to her. But she all she sees is what, in her mind, is the greater good and sort of can't see the forest for the trees type thing. And they... No matter how or in this case, it, can't see the trees for the forest. I think that's probably the other way around. And until Marge gets her way, the family can't see that what she's doing is actually for the greater good. Yeah, of course. So the protesters start sabotaging Krusty's show. And I actually felt sorry for Krusty here. He's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to earn a living. Just trying here. to have fun, guys. Can you, can you please stop? Everyone, like, there's that scene where everyone in the audience is an adult. Yeah. And they all hate him. Well, not everyone, but majority Pretty of them. Pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, at a glance, I didn't see any kids. I, I think I saw a couple of kids looking at the parents, or looking at the, the ah, women okay. confused. But yeah, Krusty's like, can you please stop? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just earning a living here. I'm not doing anything yeah. wrong. I just do what they tell me to do. And of course, that ultimately leads to the sh- Krusty coming out to nobody. Yeah. He's like, hey, hey, well. Is it Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Myers asks exactly how should we handle this? What should we do? And they all give ridiculous, violent... Uh, um, the cartoon responses? Yeah. We could drop an anvil on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the animator's looking at the window at the protesters, and that's when he gets the idea to draw Marge into the episode as the squirrel. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a great little gag here as well, where this is Simpsons poking fun at themselves with how he looks. He's like, <laughs> I'm so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, then Marge watches herself as a squirrel. She's really annoyed by it. So she goes, oh, this is what I hate with TV, but I, The Simpsons did it here as just a ridiculous joke, but I hate it when TV shows do this. And I told you The Shield did it last week. Yeah. Where they, oh, really bad dialogue. Where bad dialogue, where they acknowledge something that you wouldn't say in real dialogue, but they have to say it so the viewer can understand what they're talking about. Yeah. On The Shield, it was they've got money stashed. And the character should have just said, hey, did you go get the money? But on the show, he says, hey, did you go get the money from our stash? Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't, the guy knows, you wouldn't have said from the stash, but it's, they it's, have to say that so the viewer understands. So that they know there's a stash. Yes. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, so, he could be get the money from anywhere. Yeah. Um, Maybe from his pocket. Marge says here, she has a phone call. Smartline, yes, I've heard of your late night panel discussion show. Yeah, that's very, it's exposition. Yeah. Um, I think they deliberately did it though, but they, it's like they, they have to do it because we don't know what Smartline is at that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It needed to exist, but it is, I, I agree with what you said. It's, it's, it's clunky dialogue. Smartline's just a ridiculous, manly, biased, let's hate on Marge. Yeah, I I reckon Smartline was one of their really early jabs at Fox. Yeah. Like, this is so much what you would expect on a Fox-biased kind of talkback show or, or, you know, media analysis type show. Not not giving the person the chance to speak their point of view. Yeah, exactly. Kent Brockman, like, the, the person that disagrees with them. And I assume Brockman and Krusty are on the same network because of the fact that Krusty's on. So... It's in their best interest to stick up for this cartoon because they'd be making a shitload of money off this cartoon. Now, yep. that's none of that's actually said in the show, but again, that that's why for me, like this episode just sort of excels and takes itself into a level that if you want to look at it like that, then it's absolutely there. And I don't think it's too much of a leap to do it. There's a point in real life where this happened. I'm not sure what the show is. It's an American-based show. Could be Fox, probably not. But it's basically a guy, he's very popular. I'd know him by looking at him and not, not know his name. Mm. But he gets guests on and he has like a Muslim person on there as well. And it's an anti-Muslim sort of rant kind of thing. Yep. And one of the guests that he brings on is Ben Affleck. Expecting Ben Affleck to be anti-Muslim. Oh, Bill Maher? 
Yes, it real I time think, with Bill Maher. I think uh, Bill Maher, but he's got white hair, big nose, yeah, yeah. Big forehead. But, but yep. Ben Affleck just shuts him down. He's just like, and he just immediately just cuts away the situation. He's just like, all right, let's move along then, because he expected Ben Affleck to back him up. Yeah. Ben Affleck's just like, no, you're actually wrong. I'm going to yeah. tell you why. Yeah, turns uh, out I'm not a racist. Yeah. you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, their their theory on this smart line is. Are cartoons too violent for children? Yeah, uh, many, most people would say no. Of course not. What is what, what kind of stupid, stupid question, question is that? that? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. How good is it? Uh, but yeah, it's great. And like, as you said, so they go Roger Meyer, who brings up the Crusades, is like the Crusades. Hmm, interesting. There was violence <laughs> before cartoons were created. Is that yep. what you're saying, Roger? Crusty, <laughs> uh, who just is completely out of place. He's always on. Yeah, exactly. Just cannot switch off. It's like Robert Williams. Yeah, uh, exactly right. Just yeah. like oh, I'm sorry. Whatever. There's a camera in front of me. Alright. <laughs> And then when they finally get to Marge after... Oh, uh, sorry. Of course, there's Dr. Uh, Marvin Munro. From Vienna. Yeah, exactly. And why? I did... <laughs> it's the home of somewhere, apparently. That's why they... Oh, was it? They said Vienna, the home of something psych... Some psychology ah, okay. reference. But anyway, continue. Uh, I just like the fact that he his opening um, gambit about the whole thing is that, you know, it's too small of an issue for proper psychologists to worry about. And that... You could take two ways, but I kind of took that as being that thing that whenever there's a storm in a teacup, there's always some psychologist or someone studying in a university or whatever that like a trashy tabloid news show will go to, put in a white lab coat and say, can you please give us your opinion and make sure it's as offensive as possible. <laughs> um, this is him just saying, why would I bother with this? It's like, go away. It's a non-issue. Yeah. And then he gives Marge nine seconds to give her point of view. <laughs> exactly. And that's where I really thought it's the Fox bias coming in. It's like, here's everyone that disagrees with you and we're going to give them all of the time in the world. You well, get nothing. He starts off by allowing Marge to start. Like he says, Marge, you start. Roger Myers interrupts within like three or four seconds. He doesn't stop him. He's like, okay, Roger, let's get, let's get to you then, yeah. Roger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of upsetting that I've seen actual news work exactly like this. <laughs> but the amazing thing is in that nine seconds, Marge is more effective than any of those people are. Yeah. And then the, the hate mail starts coming in. And I really like this. Yeah. Like, this is when Roger starts to realize, shit, this is getting serious. Yeah, it is. But also, this goes beyond uh, cartoons to violent or is TV too violent. This starts to now turn into mob mentality and the minds of protesters, where yeah. by protesting TV violence, people are preaching actual violence. His, like his life. Yeah. People are threatening to kill him. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the quote is... I don't believe this. I will never watch your show, buy any of your products, or break if I see you crossing the street. Wow, that's cold. Like, it's it's awful what people are writing into him. There's just bags and bags and bags of the stuff, and it pressures him to the point that he's like, all right, well, we have to change it. Gentlemen, the screwballs have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, cuts then to Marge cooking pork chops. Now, I sort of took this as a way of going back to the start of the episode, but in a, in a happy tense, in yep. the sense that everything's working out for her now. So, she can go back to the start, start where she was, and now things will be fine. So, she's got the spice rack on the wall. I thought that was a really good throwback to the first episode. Yeah. The start of the episode, because you've forgotten about the spice rack by this point, because so much has happened. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's right. I haven't built her the, the spice yeah. rack. That's, that's nice of him. And then they call Marge for ideas. Now, what I liked here was, not even the phone call or anything, this is just about my favorite quote in the whole episode, when Roger Meyer says to Marge, Okay, here it is. Itchy just stole Scratchy's ice cream cone. And- I'll make it a pie. Pies are easier to draw. Okay, a pie. <laughs> okay, whatever. It's a pie. <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was so funny. Can we make it a pie? Particularly because of how convoluted some of the Simpsons episodes have already been. You know that would have been a conversation yeah. that has been had in the background. Yeah, that, I can tell that the animators would have loved that joke. Yeah, because they spend so much time just on petty shit like that, and it's not it's not petty. I shouldn't say it's petty, but it's just it seems 
minor to yeah. us, but it means the world to them. Well, it's, you know, for them to set an episode at a mini golf course means they all have to go out and study how people play, <laughs> how they putt, because that's something they've never drawn before. So, I, yeah, I just love the whole, the, everything that's going on, the situation, he's more worried about turning an ice cream into a pie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he basically asked Marge for her idea, and what, is, what does she say to him? It's, uh, well, maybe uh, Itchy, and they could cut the pie in half, and then they could both have pie. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Myers' pause. Yeah. He looks at the storyboards. <laughs> oh, it's different, lady. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> he knows we're fucked, but yeah. we, we have to do it anyway. It's just a pause and the stare at the board. <laughs> <laughs> tidbit. New tidbit here. Mm. It's going to be a regular thing for me now. Tidbit. The three people, the three animators there, were the Simpsons version of three Simpsons directors. Okay. Richmore, David Silverman, and Wes Archer. Oh, good job. So, there's a little bit of a tidbit there. So, the new Itchy and Scratchy airs on TV. Now, one thing I noticed here, before they, they watch Itchy and Scratchy, because Marge actually lets them put the cartoon on, yep. there's a commercial airing for something, and uh, it's something ridiculous anyway. It's an infomercial. I, I just like when Homer, they say, how much would you pay for this? Homer's like, $1,000. Don't answer yet. And he's like, ooh, okay. No, and, he apologizes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but what I liked was Harry Shearer was voicing that infomercial. You can tell it's Harry. Yep. Now that I'm older, I go back and I realize Harry did so many sub-characters on the show. Just minor bits. Yeah. Minor bits that are, are useless. But where would the show be without Harry Shearer? Oh, lost. Man, he did yeah. everything. Yeah, well, Harry, Dan, and Hank. I mean, they... They are like the backbone. The, yeah, all the heavy lifting. Whenever they need it. Well, not whenever. I mean... Nothing as Julia as, as we learned from Maggie Roswell, she still did a, a bunch of fill-in voices as well that I didn't actually realise. Yeah. They're not things that she's heavily credited for, but... It's, yeah, so much of it t- tended to fall towards the guys. You, you, you never really think about how and many And that's different- why men earn more. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you never really think about it when you watch the episodes that just how many characters there are in each episode. They're all going to be voiced by somebody. Yeah, you're not going to call in a, a, a day player to come in and just yeah. say, can you give us two lines, please? So, the, and the, the kids are happy they're allowed to watch Itchy and Scratchy again yep. since they've been banned recently. And they watch it and it's and the shit. And it sucks. How creepy is Scratchy? Especially in yeah. the episode where he goes, But the third bowl of porridge was just right. Yeah, like, that is so creepy. For me, it's just the first one with lemonade. Like, I, I don't think that lemonade has come from lemons. I'll be honest, <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel right. And the kids leave in droves. They all go outside. Yep. And um, this is... Honestly, one of my favourite sequences I've seen on The Simpsons. How good is it? It's done very well. With Beethoven's, is it Sixth, yeah, sixth Symphony in the background? Yeah. Just the- I, I said yes, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> taking your word for it. The continuing um, panning shot where the, like, a kite might fly in front of the screen so it transitions to a different shot. Yeah. It's just beautiful, man. It is. Music. And, and it the- takes it back to a simpler time. And this is where the writers kind of have their stake the other way and saying that, you know, I think they've very clearly throughout the episode have said no violence on TV doesn't cause violence in real life. Yeah. But they haven't shied away from saying, but you know what? Spending too much time in front of a TV isn't good for you either. You need to get outside. You need to enjoy the simpler times. Running around, like, it was at Martin who's running with a little a bicycle tyre and a stick. You've got Nelson painting a fence. Yeah. All that sort of stuff that's going on. Um, He's like he's making a return in this painting the wall they do yeah Yeah. they got their little hats on yeah little lackey hat (laughs) it sort of made me feel that i was watching this episode the first two acts or act and a half against marge but now once i'd seen the the effect it's had i was like it's probably a good thing she's done here she had some points yeah yeah and the world probably would be a lot better if kids went outside and played more more than likely you know know what i used to like about christmas morning was going at the front and playing with the kids in the street and showing off each other's new bikes and stuff you know going at the front and playing now christmas morning you go at the front there's no kids. They're all inside playing their 
PSPs and their new PlayStations and this whatever. This is going to turn into a grumpy old Dando segment. <laughs> old man Dando won't throw the frisbee back. Uh, old man Dando, who's currently sitting surrounded by all those very things that you don't want kids to be playing with on Christmas morning. Uh, you know what? I it, it, The fact that it's not popular when it stops being violent does raise an interesting question. And I'd be interested to know in your thoughts on this. Does TV make viewers enjoy violence or do viewers push TV into violence? Same deal with journalism and media at the same time. Like, oh, sorry, right now. Like, you mean like ju- BuzzFeed? Yeah. Compared like, to actual news? Yeah, exactly. Like clickbait and like, oh my God, you won't believe what happened when Robert Downey Jr. met a 12-year-old boy. The results were incredible. Now, is journalism going that way and people just accepting it? Or is it more that more and more people are inclined to go toward, to gravitate towards that? So the industry just kind of has to go, well, that's where the money is. That's what we need to do. I was going to say, people, journalists do their job to make a living. Online magazines and whatnot, websites, they make money by how many people go to their website. Now, basic news stories, people don't click on that. But if you say 10 ways or 10 exciting photos from Jack Nicholson's Playboy Mansion, Secret Tunnel, whatever he used to have, yeah, people, you're going to click on that. Yeah, definitely. And this is why, I look, I hate a lot of what goes on with online journalism, but I don't necessarily blame the journalists themselves. I'm sure a lot of those guys also hate what they do. It's all ratings-based. Exactly. I blame you. Listeners, <laughs> no, I, but, but I'm the people, same. I people in general, cl- I click on those kind of articles because I, particularly me, I have so much going on in my life at the moment. It's probably not like that much, but to me, it seems like a, a lot of workload. I don't have time to sit there and read a full length feature interview, which is sad. I'll go out and buy the latest Empire magazine, plug, mm-hmm. film ink, plug. Yep, and I will sit there and read them because I'm I've sat down and I've de- uh, devoted the time to invest myself. But if I'm sitting there on my phone at work, whatever, I've got half an hour smoke break. I want to get as much read through as much shit as possible. I'm not going to sit down and read a full length feature article. I want to read lists and shit, man. Yeah. It's just the way I, it is. Yeah. Well, look, it's understandable, but I wager one man more. Whenever I see something that I know is clickbait, like, and you can tell from a headline, it's written just to make you click on that line. I will not click, no matter how interested I am. And I implore everyone listening to this to please do the same. We can possibly, possibly get back some integrity. I won't click on it when I can tell the heading has just been manipulated to make me want to click into it. And, the heading, and there'll be no news. And the, and the heading yeah, has nothing to do with what's actually in the article. It has it's something to do with it, but I've been misled. Yeah. I hate misleading articles. Yeah. Or misleading titles, I should say. Because so many times you click on titles and you're so amped, you're like, oh, that seems really interesting. And you read it and you go, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, okay, so... Um Oh, this is finance related and it's annoying. But let, so every. Talk about grumpy old fucking Mitch here. <laughs> the first Tuesday of every month, the Reserve Bank of Australia meet and they discuss interest rates. So rather than a headline that says something along the lines of experts split on whether or not uh, Reserve Bank will make a change to interest rates, which. You won't believe! Boring as hell. It's going to be. Is this the decision that all homeowners were dreading? Yeah. Question mark, dot, 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 dot. And then you're like, oh my God, what are they doing? And then you open it up and it's, experts are split. You're like, oh, well, that was boring as shit. But coming from someone who runs the our website, or we run the website, you just have to do it now, though. If you want to make a living out of doing it, you have to do it like that now. It's just the way things have changed. I know. It upsets me. It's like idiocracy. But people would have been saying the same thing in the 90s compared to, like, 70s media, man. Pe- yeah, I People know. complaining about music magazines in the 90s compared to Rolling Stone in the 70s and 80s. People, yeah. Yeah, they were. Times I guess the- they are a change. <laughs> <laughs> turned into grumpy old men from both parts. Getting back to the Simpsons now, but getting back to that really good uh, panning shot yep. that I really liked. Two things, tidbit. 
James L. Brooks wanted to end the episode with that, and the writers refused. Okay. So it was meant to end. Well, they hadn't really finished making their point by then. I, I don't know whether the, he wanted the episode to just have the happy ending and you leave it open to, oh, well, look. I think James L. Brooks was trying to make the statement, look, doing this would make the world a better place. End story. Yeah, but right. The, the writers wanted to turn it around and say, no, this is what reality is actually like. So, yeah. And basically, apparently, the writers used this shot as a satire of the complete opposite of what they really felt. Yeah, okay. So they, they believed that if you got rid of violence on TV, kids wouldn't go out and play outside. Yeah, right. Good. Clever. That's, so everything's going well, and the kids are building soapbox races. Bart and Lisa. Yep. This is another coincidence. Uh, with the uh, future... Saturdays of Thunder. Der- yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Soapbox Derby. Which are, is it this season or maybe the next season? I think it's season three. Off the top season, of my head. Okay. I, yeah. Anyway, could People be, will correct us. It will become... You know, you ask me a question like that off the on the spot, and the, now we get ten messages this week. Guys, yes. this is, this is, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sure you've already heard about this. But <laughs> <laughs> so just wanted to let you know very politely. Potential coincidental coincidental hint that was in this episode. Now, and it's also mentioned that Michelangelo David's coming to Springfield. And I also like that they know that this is so ridiculous that they would be coming to Springfield. Yeah, and he's like, uh, New York mm-hmm. is Springfield. Yes, and if we have time, Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's just the writers. Poking fun at the stuff that I think. Well, Swartzwater wrote this. Yeah, and apparently Swartzwater is a big fan of Itchy and Scratchy, which is why a lot of his episodes revolve around Itchy and okay. Scratchy, and he really enjoyed being able to get as many episodes into this episode. And I think it was just their way of acknowledging that it, they needed this out in, this, in the episode. And as ridiculous as it is, they're just poking fun at themselves, which is something the Simpsons writers are really good at. Yeah, it also plays a little bit on that where is Springfield aspect as well. Of like- is it important or not? Yeah, like, is it on par with New York? Holy shit. I don't think it is, but... No, it's certainly not. But, uh, but yeah, like, it's a little bit of that joke as well. And Sna aren't happy. They go on Mudge's door and they say, we need to get rid of this this man. And what, what does Helen Lovejoy say? It's filth. It graphically portrays parts of the human body, which, practical as they may be, are evil. Yeah. <laughs> as I said to you off the air, whenever I see Helen Lovejoy now or Maud, I just think of Maggie. I'm like, I've spoken to you. Yeah, I know. You spoke to me in real life. You smiled at us. <laughs> you sang to me. Um, and Ma- what does Marge say? She's like, well, it's just a work of art. You know? It's a masterpiece, I think she says. Yeah. Like, she's really in admiration of it. And they're really pissed off by that. They think, well, they're like, well, you were against one thing. How can you not be against mm. this? Well, we're, Even we're- Ken Brockman. But wait, wait, wait. Aren't you Marge Simpson the crackpot? Yeah. <laughs> or the wacko? Aren't you Marge Simpson the wacko? So she goes on the smart line again, and this is where Dr. Munro just rips it to shreds, doesn't he? When yep. she goes back to smart line. Yeah. And this is where, and I, I mentioned before, this is where, like, if you, if you, particularly in comedy, but in virtually any type of media, uh, if you look at something and say, that's offensive, you can't do that, then you pretty much have to be against everything because everything to a T is offensive to somebody out there. No matter what the joke is, you're going to offend someone. You could get into a religious debate here, but I'm not going no, to. No, but I'm not going to go down that path. But any path at all, it doesn't matter what it is, you're going to find someone out there that would take offense to that or take umbrage to that because there are so many different cultures. There are so many different personalities. There are so many different things. Like it, a, a simple joke of someone... Getting hit on the head with a mallet, which at the start of this episode is pretty funny because it's done in a comical way. There's probably someone out there who died on a building site from a mallet dropping off a second story building and conking him on the head. So, to that person's family, that's going to be upsetting and distressing to watch. So, no matter what the scenario, you'll find someone. I was going to actually say, for example, a video of someone tripping over. They fo- if they get back up, it's funny. If yeah. they knock themselves out and die, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, but it's exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if they're fat, probably funnier. If they're skinny and attractive, then you're like, oh, no, well... No, no, no the skinny nice and attra- if someone's more attractive than you, it's always funny when you see them get hurt. Yeah. 
Think about it. Tall poppy syndrome, man. If you see someone who's... See, see, when was the last time I saw someone more attractive than me? Have you ever not laughed at a model falling on the runway? Oh, yeah. Okay. But that's because they've got such a stupid face. <laughs> like they, they treat walking like it's a science. Yes. Uh, but anyway, um, and what I was going to say, this is what I love about the South Park. Uh, the, those guys just do not bolt, like buckle to anybody. They don't care that, at all. There was that one time that Comedy Central pulled the drawing of the Prophet Muhammad over death threats. I heard of it. Yeah, they did an episode about it, didn't they? Uh, they did end up doing one about it, yeah. Um, and Trey and Matt were outraged. They were like, no, fuck that. Like, we, we won't, like, because as soon as you sense yourself over something, then you have to sense yourself over virtually everything. And by taking the, an Australian phrase, by taking the piss, but by making fun of <laughs> everything, then you can't be offensive to anyone because you just look and go, well, don't take that seriously because we said about this about these guys and we said this about them and then we'll do it about everybody. Any show that's shown actual footage of a guy getting a sex change can, should be able to get away with anything. <laughs> have you seen that clip? Uh, I have not watched South Park, South Park since. Is this the... I've seen... Um, when Mr. Garrison's getting his sex change, they show actual footage of it happening. Oh, really? Of a I, real person getting it done. And I was like, oh, I'm no, out. No, Tap, I haven't I'm seen tapping, that. I'm tapping, I'm out. I've seen... Ring the bell, get uh, matched over. <laughs> Mr. Garrison, when he was Mrs. Garrison, having sex with Professor Richard Dawkins, that, that nearly pushed me over the edge, I'll be honest. <laughs> but, uh, but no, the other thing about it is that when you do say about one group or one minority or one incident, whatever it is, when you say that's not okay, then you're saying to everything else you've ever made fun of, I think less of you than I think of them. I cop shit all the time because I don't eat pork or lamb. I've never liked lamb, never liked the taste of it. Okay. I've stopped eating pork in the sense that I've saw shit that Animal Equality posted on Facebook and I didn't like it and it's just stuck with me and I just don't like eating pork anymore. And I don't even want to eat pork anymore. It doesn't bother me. But I'll still eat chicken. Sorry, can we just cut to Pulp Fiction here? The, uh, oh, the pig. Yeah, yeah. Pig's a filthy animal. What are you, Jewish? Nah, just don't dig on swine, that's yeah. all. <laughs> but I um, I still eat chicken. I still eat steak. Yeah. What if a pig had a charming personality? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I just, I cop shit all the time because they say, well, if you don't eat pork and lamb, how can you still eat chicken? That's, that's bullshit. That's, you know, it's not right. That's a double standard. It's a double standard. I want to give up chicken, but I just can't. Like I, I probably will eventually, but I can't just give it up cold turkey because I like it too much. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's just I'm in the same vote as Marge there. You know what I mean? I sort of, I take that stance. I can't, and I don't begrudge people for eating meat. That's their decision. Yeah. But don't begrudge me because I only don't eat some of it. Anyway. Well, yeah, that's fair. But this is where Marge has that realization. Yeah. And this is why I gra- went for so long making that point that it, it hits her. She's like, well, shit. I guess I can't be upset about the violence if I'm not going to be upset about this. I guess one person can make a difference, but most of the time they probably shouldn't. I'd actually, I'd written that down and highlighted it. That's how much work I went to for this episode. Because I think that there are two quotes, as much as the writers are back and forth and they're showing everything from different sides, I, I think there are two episodes that, sorry, two quotes in this episode that actually do really get to the core of what they are, are getting at and what they're about. The first one we covered, and it's the Kent Brockman, uh, most people would say, no, of course not. What kind of stupid question is that? Yep. Like, that's one. where they've, That's that's them being blunt. And going, Don't be ridiculous. Yep. And then the final one is that one person can make a difference, but most of the time they probably shouldn't. And Marge looks so deflated when she says it, doesn't she? Yeah. Ergo, if you don't like something on TV, don't watch it. If you don't like something that we say on this podcast, that's cool. Don't listen to us. Like... But then don't try to tell the people that do enjoy it that they're doing the wrong thing. Don't try to take away whatever little bit that they have. Like, that. that is what shits me about people protesting. That's what I get annoyed. And I'm not anti-religion at all. I'm not religious, but I get annoyed when religious people, there's a few at work, have a go at me and treat me differently because I don't go to their church. Yeah. And I say, 
how, what, what do you mean? Like, just because I don't believe what you believe, what, how does that make you any better than me? Yeah, or any worse. Exactly. You're just a, you're just a person the same as you. Like, yeah. it, it makes no difference whatsoever. I really hate it with stand-up comedy. Like, it'll be, you know, you won't believe what Chris Rock said. I'm like, Chris Rock's been saying incendiary and offensive stuff for his entire career. That's who Chris Rock is. You can't, you don't get to just pick two sentences out of out of twenty year career and go, Chris Rock's offensive and he doesn't like women. Unless like, you're a Kramer. <laughs> well, yeah, unless you're Kramer, that was a little bit different. But but you know, like it, it just shits me. It really, really does annoy me that I there's a really clear line. Sometimes you're gonna listen to something and you look, and I've done it plenty of times. I've listened to people and go. Well, that's not being clever. That's just being sexist, or that's just being racist, or that's just being stupid. Whatever it might be, but at the same time, I just go, "Oh well, I won't listen to that person," and that's the end of that. And if enough people re- look at the the same way I do, that person won't have a career anymore because no one will be fucking listening to them. Yeah. You don't need to make people stop because people will stop on their own. So after all that, after Marge goes on Smartline, has that realization, uh, Itchy Scratchy goes back to being normal. Now, what process would have happened for Itchy Scratchy to go back to normal? Like, when would they have decided? You know what? Itchy and Scratchy can be normal again now. Like, when did it, why did it stop? Because is it because the snus stopped sending in hate mail? Or, um, they wouldn't have been sending in hate mail anyway because the show had become good. I don't get why did Itchy and Scratchy go back to being violent again? I guess when Marge because Marge there. makes one realization on Smartline, they're allowed to go back to being normal. I don't get it. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit of a, a flaw there. They're, they're not showing that link. But when the head of the people that are protesting, well, you know what? It's probably just the natural progression that because they would have done that episode of nicety and gone, oh shit, we've lost all of our ratings. Well, the hell with protests. We're going to do it. And then when the head of the protest group has decided that, and, and as much as you've got the Helen Lovejoys of the world, it's Marge that everyone was rallying behind. So as soon as she stops protesting, you can go back to doing whatever you want. Yep. It's just, you know, they haven't shown that happen, but that would be it. And they show the shot of the outside shot, but there's no kids outside anymore and the music's playing, but sort of more slowly. It's actually quite depressing. It was only two minutes ago or three minutes ago that the kids were all outside enjoying themselves. Now they're all back inside again. And it was just, it was depressing in the sense that that's what life is like now. Yeah. How often do you go past the children's playground and there's no children playing there? Yeah. They're all inside playing the PlayStation. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, I guess it's just the way the world's moved. But anyway. Go um, out and have a free, like throw a Frisbee. Yeah. Go out and the enjoy yourself. Frisbees are fun. Yes, they really are. Now, Maggie, watching the new Itchy and Scratchy, the re- reborn Itchy and Scratchy, she pulls out a, a fake gun. Another hint at who shot Mr. Burns. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, they Pulling weren't stra- thinking of that. That's, that's, that's... I, like I said, they weren't thinking that, but it's just these future episodes were like hinted at in this episode, coincidentally. Yeah, it's one of those, like, 22 times the Simpsons predicted the future. No, they didn't. <laughs> it, it, it just happened. The Ebola. No, no, the Ebola was around 20 years before the Simpsons said yeah. it was going to be an epidemic. Yeah. Um, Remember that time that Spider-Man predicted 9-11? Yes. No. That's, <laughs> they said the Simpsons predicted 9-11. Uh, everyone predicted 9-11 at some <laughs> point or another. Marge and Homer go check out Michelangelo at the museum. And Marge is disappointed because she says the kids are at home watching Itchy and Scratch. They could be here enjoying it. And Homer has the great line, Springfield Elementary School is going to come and see this thing. Really? Why? They're forcing them! <laughs> oh, well, isn't that nice? And that was a funny one in the episode. Yeah. You know, here's... I'll give you a tidbit. Yeah. And this is um, what I learned from someone else that studied art. I haven't, but whatever. What's the first thing that strikes you, apart from the fact that he's naked, about the statue of Michelangelo's David? What's the first thing I look at? No, well, what's the first thing that you would think of? Like, that, what's that obvious joke? If that was the size of my penis, I wouldn't have let someone... You know, oh yeah, I always I didn't want to I just didn't want to say I think of penis. Okay. <laughs> That's not what I was getting at. Yeah. But tiny tiny penis. Yeah. Yeah. Real you usually think that he's got a really small dick. Small yeah. wang time. Yeah. yeah. You know why they did that? 
the hands on David are massively oversized. And a lot of the statues from that era all kind of went that way. Small genitalia, big hands, and it was to draw your eye to that sort of masculinity of man. So that's why David probably had a much bigger penis than what is shown in that statue, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. I'm defending David's penis size. Isn't that the standard penis size? Isn't it? Isn't it? (laughs) Well, I guess when it's blown up to be like 20 feet tall, uh, (laughs) you know, in proportion, maybe. um, So what were your final thoughts on this episode? I've got written here that it's not an overly joke-filled episode, good theme and a good story, very well written, great satire, but it's not one I'm going to go back and watch anytime soon. No, but you know what? I reckon that this is the most interesting conversation we've had about an episode this far. Most intelligent conversation? Certainly that. There's, There's so much you can pull out of this episode. There's jokes... About the way television is made. There's jokes about the way writers think about themselves. There's Very jo- serious episode. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's there's comments on protesters. There's comments on children. There's comments on the impact of media in real life. There's comments on the way media analyzes itself. There's so much going on in this. If you were a film student or a media student and you wanted to pick any Simpsons episode, this would be the one that you would gravitate to. There's probably lots of stuff that we've even missed. Because we're not film students. You and know what because I mean? I'm too busy writing stuff down while the episodes are going I, on. I, yeah. It takes me like an hour and a half to watch the episode. I'm just sitting there taking... I push pause, notes. Pause, yeah. notes. But yeah, like I, I put said... put it on at nine o'clock and then I go to work when I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> just because I... Just because it's not one of my favorites and I'm probably not going to go back and watch it anytime soon doesn't mean it's a bad episode. It's actually one of those episodes that really separates The Simpsons from other cartoons. Yeah. It shows the intelligence of the writing, basically. Yeah, definitely. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Uh, Well, it's already a quote that's been used, but that um, one person can make a difference, but most of the time they probably shouldn't. That's that's my takeaway. Yes. What I learned was that you need to get outside more. I find myself sitting on this computer far too often. It might be Saturday morning, because Nicola works Saturday mornings at the cafe where she works. So I use that time when I'm alone to get as much editing done as possible. Mm. And I sort of had this realization last Saturday where I sat there and thought, it's 1.30, like Nicola came home and I'm like, shit, it's a quarter to two in the afternoon. I've done nothing. It's a glorious day outside. I had so much stuff I wanted to do. I've been sitting here editing. What you need is a laptop. Yeah. I do with need- good battery life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even saying that, I'm still sitting in front of something. I could have taken the dog for a walk. I could have gone... F- just for a bike ride. I could have gone out and done something. Could have masturbated in the backyard. I did that whilst I was editing. I didn't <laughs> one hand. <laughs> but, you know, it's just... If you, if you find yourself sitting inside too long, get outside and do something. Even if it's just go for a walk. Go out in the backyard and just... Well, you know what I do here? I just throw a ball against the wall and Jet just chases it every time I bounce it. Yeah. That's just getting, that's getting outside. I saw a pretty funny... It wasn't a cyanide and happiness, but it was one of those sorts of cartoons and it was like, you know, kids enjoying the good weather. Someone on a video game looks outside the window and has gone, ah, oh, yes, finally time to enjoy this good weather outside and just opens the window and continues playing the video game. That's what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> so, a bit of trivia now. Now, I've got a few questions for you. Have you got any trivia for me? I've, uh, got, I've got four questions, so... Oh, well, Jesus. Four? No, I've got three. I've, I've, I got rid of one of them. All right. This is like a speed round. Look, I've only got one. So, I'll go first. Okay. So, how much did Homer's Hammer cost? Oh, was it $23? $15. $15. Well, it looked yeah. like 15 to me anyway. Yeah. fifteen ninety nine, maybe? Fifth, no, 15 I'm, It'd have to oh, be. Oh, maybe. It was yeah. either 00 or 99. Yeah, yeah, righto. Anyway, continue. Yours? Uh, okay. Well, mine was going to be... Homer has a three-volume handyman guide. Uh, the first one is Spice Racks. Ah, I didn't what look. were the other two volumes? I was going to look at this and I uh, didn't. Uh, uh, what was it? Knickknack shelves and the Trojan horse. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the other trivia I have: How many itchy and scratchy cartoons appear in this episode? Eight. Bang on eight. Wee. And when did Itchy and Scratchy last appear? People, on the Simpsons. I, I want to point out there was no editing there. No, that was, just, <laughs> that was like me last week with the 13. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when did Itchy and Scratchy last appear on The Simpsons before this episode? 
But oh, um, it's this season. Yep, I'm just going to have to quickly bring up the episode list for this one because I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Simpson and Delilah. Nope. No. Bart gets an F. Oh, is it back that far? Okay. According to SimpsonsCrazy.com. <laughs> okay. In the issue scratchy list. I hope that's crazy spelt with a K. I hope so. I don't think so. And a double E. <laughs> yes. So that is my trivia. Now it's time for the mailbag. To mail. To mail is here. Ooh. It is time for the mailbag. Unzip it, Mitch. Unzip it. Before we get into questions, though, shout outs. We have the usual shout outs this week, and boy, are there a few to get through today. There are. So, we're going to kick it off with uh, Bevan Morgan, who's written in from Austin, Texas. He wrote in today. He did, uh, which is why it was front front of mind when I was going <laughs> through the mailbag. Um, look, he uh, had a really, really long message. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but basically, Bevan, new listener on board, this is your, uh, from memory, making his way through the episodes from start to finish, really enjoying the fact I can't that quite someone's remember, talking but I just wanted it. to say, we love hearing from new listeners. We love yeah. it. If, you, yep. if you've never written in, send us a message. We, we love to know... The more people we hear from, the more we know our show is getting heard by people. So, exactly. Tell us where you're from and tell us how you listen to the show. They're, they're two of the really I important wanna, things yeah, How to you us. found out about the show. That's, that's important to us as well. Yeah. Um, so what Bevan had to say, I remember, I remember reading these messages thinking, that's really cool. I think I actually wrote back to it, but I, just can't, I can't remember what uh, I said. Did. So he's, um, he's actually a Kiwi, but li- living in Austin. And he's been that's listening right. to the show for a couple months, yeah. um, thanks to the recommendation of a friend. There we go. So he's covered everything. Recommendation of a friend, where he's from. Bevan, you're on the board. This, does, is, doesn't this mention, is why Bevan's getting his name right now. <laughs> doesn't he mention something along the lines of, although he lives, or he's from New Zealand, Australia is close enough that we sort of experience the, the Simpsons in the same yeah, way? Yeah, he does. And really uh, liked the fact that, you know, just listening into this show for him, A, it brings him back home a little bit because it reminds him of his mates back home listening to us. And yeah. B, it's just that thing of getting into um, hearing people talk about the shows. One of the, the themes that seems to be coming through from people that are really enjoying this podcast is that... This sort of conversation doesn't really happen very much anymore because everyone's watching stuff through Netflix and, and or just downloading shows. No one's up to the same thing that everyone else is up to anymore. So it's no. not like you watched a show that night or the night before and then you got to school or work the next day and you're like, "Holy hell, did you see this last night?" Because everyone's up to something else and you yeah. can't, you know, you can't talk to them for fear of spoiling something that they haven't watched yet because you have a better internet connection than they do. It's hard to do the um the whole water cooler conversation about TV shows now. Yeah. Yeah, they virtually don't exist. I don't remember the last time it would have happened, unless it's one, whereas, you know... A news story Hey, man, do you like this show? Oh, my God, yeah, I watched that show. But, yeah. like, that's it doesn't happen in this sort of detail anymore of, like, oh, and what about this episode when that happened and then this happened and then that yeah. happened? Yeah. Which is... That's all we're doing. We're just recreating schoolyard conversation, basically. So, thank you, Bevan. Thank you very much. Any more shout-outs? Uh, Stuart Mitchell. Uh, Stuart Mitchell, rather. He uh, sent in today as well. He did. Um, new listener and... Going he, in order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wanted to say that he really appreciated the fact that we did reply very quickly to him. So, again, I've dragged that out purely just to... It's more of self-congratulations. But write in, we will answer you. Okay? Like I make an omission of mine. Like when I set my mind to something, I stick to it. Mm. And my big thing for this show... To get the show out to the masses is that I want people to say, hey, these guys are really cool. You write to them. They, they respect that you're writing to them. They'll write back straight away. Yeah. I want these guys to... I don't just write back just for that reason. I genuinely enjoy engaging with people who... I still... I say this every episode. I can't believe people listen to the show. And it, I really love reading new messages from new listeners saying, hey, love the show. I just want to send a message saying, keep up the great work. I respect that so much that I will 100% write back to every message as soon as possible. Yeah. Jason Newell, uh, we're going to say thank you to him because he's sending in some fantastic oh, yeah. merch. Jason works at... Um, well, maybe we won't say exactly where he works just in case somehow this gets him in trouble. But he's sending through some merch I think from... The King a, has lots of burgers or something. From a fast food emporium. 
that uh, yeah, so a bunch of stuff. Did you hear my friend sell. Jack was pretty hungry? So a bunch of <laughs> protractors, uh, all Simpsons related maths paraphernalia. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for that, Jason. And, it's it's very much and I said I'll, I'll front the costs, and he goes, "No, it's all right. I'll pay for it myself." Yeah, yeah, and which is impressive because that bill is going to be a whopper. <laughs> uh, I think once you get to the post office, you'll send another message saying, "Hey, what's your what's your PayPal again?" And I'll yeah. um, I'll just bill you. Now we've also uh, fine. No, sorry, two more just quickly for me. So we've two got more. Yeah. Ranjit Nijja. It's N I J J E R. It was an impressive name. It's, it's, it is an impressive name. Um, Ranjit is enjoying interacting with The Simpsons in a new way. So, um, in a position we're not able to go back and watch all the episodes, but does spend a lot of time travelling for work. So, he gets to pop on the episodes, listen to our show, and that's sort of a way of getting back into The Simpsons. So, that made me feel really cool that we're kind of, you know, we're providing a service in that regard. Um, the, the, the goal for me for doing this show was not just from a creative sense as a creative outlet because I love The Simpsons so much, but it was to, to show people it's fun to go back and watch the old episodes because the old episodes don't get the love they deserve. Yeah. And I feel like with this show, we've had so many messages of people saying, your show has made me want to go back and watch the, yeah. the episodes. And any, I love that. Any entertainment, if you liked it at some point in your life, you should go back and watch it at another point because you've changed, your perspective changes. You you might find in some cases that it's not actually as good as you remember it. But in a lot of cases, you'll pick up on things that you never knew about. It's been um, the complete opposite for me. There's episodes that I didn't think I enjoyed. I love them now. Yeah. I think yeah. it's because you... you I find you appreciate The Simpsons more when you're older than when you're a kid. Oh, well, you I appreciate mean, for, it for new reasons. For a show like The Simpsons, yeah, absolutely. For a show like um, Johnson and Friends, then it's probably <laughs> not quite going to be the same. But you can appreciate The Simpsons when you're older because you enjoy the nostalgic value of remembering the, the jokes that you liked when you were a kid. Mm. But there's so many new jokes that you didn't realize didn't when you were a kid. Didn't even know were there. It's like watching the show for the first yeah. time. It's like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Yeah. They're like... That's when the laugh comes from the other two jokes you didn't even know were there. <laughs> Sorry, I can. This is my special. If I have like one special skill that I would put on a resume, is that I can references. I can paraphrase Sam Neill talking about Velociraptors in Jurassic Park into any context <laughs> that you can ever imagine. Um, anyway, uh, the final one. Steph Thompson is a friend of mine that I bumped into in town the other day, and this is the first time you in town. The, oh, so you didn't. I thought you made friends with them in town. No, no, no. <laughs> Friend, old friends hadn't seen in years. Yeah. Ran into them. Uh, and she just it was like, how's the four-finger discount stuff going? And I was like, oh, that's the first time that's happened to me on the street, that someone I haven't spoken to in ages has just gone, oh, Mitch, Simpsons. Like, it was a kind of cool. Even though she knew me, it was a cool moment of realisation. But this is where I have to get a little bit angry, though. I was like, yeah, you're going really well. The videos are going really well. And she's like, yeah, that's what I've been watching. I've gone, do you listen to the podcast? She went, uh, huh? So... If you know of someone, if you've shared a video or you've seen one of your friends that have shared a video, get them to listen to the podcast because the videos are just a taste. They're just to get you into this. Yeah. That's that's it. So, Steph, I told her, flat out, lift your game. And this is why I hadn't seen her for a few years. <laughs> but, um, well, I work with a bunch of 50-year-olds trying to get into on, onto podcasts, man. It didn't happen. That's true. I had my dad over and I uh, he was at my house Monday night. Um, he, he has been watching all the videos and, and that sort of stuff and reading the articles. But he's like, how do I do podcasts? I want to do it. Um, and I'm like, all right. I feel like now we're, our show is at a point where even if you're not a hardcore Simpsons fan, there's probably enough in here to enjoy as well. So, I, I yeah, downloaded Podcast Addict onto his phone, showed him how to subscribe to it and all that sort of thing. So, Dad's on board. G'day. My, my mum, useless with phones, useless with technology, mm. still asks if it's a right click and not a left click yeah. when you try and teach her something on the computer. Just, so, you like record this on a cassette for her every week? <laughs> she, this is what I was going to say, right? She came over last week. She had us subscribed on her phone, had downloaded every episode, and I hadn't even told, told her. Oh, mums. Great like, job. How'd you do that? 
She goes, oh, I just remember you showing me on your phone like ages ago how you listen to your show on your phone. So I just typed podcast into the apps and just worked it out. <laughs> what a champion. Go Dando's mum. I know, right? Sending our love. Yes. But another thing I want to throw out there too, getting back to people messaging. Yep. We want Simpsons writers, not for the show, but we want people who are interested in writing articles based on The Simpsons. Yep. Send them through because torrentlist.tv, we want it to be like the Aussie home to find really cool Simpsons-based articles. Mm. If You don't have to be from a show. You say Aussie, yeah. You can be from anywhere. You be from anywhere. We, want just, we just want to be the Aussie website where you find the best uh, Simpsons-based articles written by Simpsons fans. So if yeah. you, if you or any pop culture, to be fair. Anything, it doesn't have to be Simpsons If you related. want to get involved with the website, we've had over 2 million hits like regarding the, our social medias and our website in the last week. So if you want to get exposure, if you're an upcoming writer and you want to get some exposure, send them through to us. Send yeah. them, either send them through if, to the email, torrentlisttv at gmail.com or just email to the Four Finger Discount page because yeah. you know that's, that's the best way to contact us. And if you've been listening to us and you've been checking the articles, you have an idea of the style of what yeah. we're looking for and what we want to go for. You've got an idea for an article you're going to be writing soon. What's what's your upcoming article uh, going to be? I've got a couple, but I was going to go with um, uh, jokes that I laughed at as a kid, despite the fact that I didn't understand, and then came back to it as an adult and was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I've got like six written down. Yeah, um, but basically, if you want to write, it could be writing about a TV show that you like, about Star Wars, or the, the trailer for Star Wars came out today, so if you want to write something about that, just anything, do a breakdown on it. Yes, anything pop culture related. We are looking for new writers each and every, but we can't pay you yet because we're not... We haven't got enough. We haven't made a website for long. Well, we're enough, not really. getting paid yet. We're not getting paid yet. So but, Eddie, Eddie Murphy style. I, I thought I was getting paper, man. Yeah, but the, <laughs> the more the more articles we have sent in, the more articles we put up, the more chances we have we have of yep. making some money. So send them through, guys. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll be doing the five greatest warrior women of the movies. Um, Spin off ideas that we'd like to see. Uh, the best movie parodies that have been on The Simpsons. They're just a few things that I've got on the boil. So don't take those ideas. But <laughs> anything else that you can come up with. Yes. Now one last shout out. We had a message this week. Now it's from Anthony Bull. And he hosts or co-hosts the Aussie podcast, local podcast, Tales from the Twist. Now, any Australian listener will know of Round the Twist. Have you ever, ever, ever felt, felt like this? Everyone knows the theme song. I think, and Nicola knows of Round the Twist. So, um, if Nicola knows Round the Twist, then most people listening to the show would know Round the Twist if you're from England because Nicola knows nothing about yeah, television. You can find them on YouTube. Uh, like, uh, I think anyway, I'm sure I've seen full episodes of Round the Twist uploaded on YouTube. Yeah, Maybe not show, everyone, yeah, yeah. but you'll definitely get some of them on there. So, this podcast, yeah, it's... Uh, Anthony co-hosts it. It's called Tales from the Twist. It's available on iTunes. If you like Round the Twist, they review every episode of all time, similar to this, but Round yeah. the Twist. It's Check kind of a, what was it, like a surrealist kind of escapism type fantasy it show? It's really, you go back and watch it now and you think, how on earth did I have just, any idea what was going on when I was a kid? bizarre scenarios happening, but I don't think when you, I think when you, great. I think when you were a kid, you didn't really follow what the storyline was. It was just weird shit happening that just intrigued you. Yeah. It's just you always remember the skeleton on the dunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically, like I said, subscribe to them. We want Torrentist to be the uh, the pioneers of podcasts in Australia, in a sense. Not pioneers, but we want Torrentist to become a hub of local podcasts. So if yeah. You've, if you've got pioneers a pod- in an Australian sense. If we got there and other people were already there and we said, fuck off, this is ours now. Because <laughs> <laughs> podcast isn't quite where it should be in Australia yet, I don't think. A lot of people still don't know No, definitely it. not. There's a few comedians doing it very, very well there's not for enough themselves, local, but there's not much. Locally produced podcasts. So yeah. We want to help spread the word out there. And so if you're doing a local podcast and you want to plug, send us through. Each week yeah. we're going to be plugging some local podcasts that deserve some yeah. love. There was, even, there was a dude that I was chatting to at work today and I just, you know, this came up and he's like, you mean like you just, you talk about The Simpsons and you have thousands of people that listen? I went, yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. with podcasting, no matter how niche your idea is, you'll find an audience. He's, and he's he was actually looking for something to do for himself. He was branching out into a new business. He's like... 
man, I know a shitload about graphic design. Do you think people would be interested in that? I'm like, fucking sure people would be interested in that. If you're engaging when you speak, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you know a lot, but you can't fucking string three words together. Then you're going to struggle. Yes. Yeah. But if you can have, you know, a relatively intelligent discourse and you know a lot about a subject, jump on board. Just do it. And I love the people have sent in. We've had a, a, several people send in in the last couple of weeks saying that we've... Ins- They've actually said the word inspire, but we've inspired them to go out and start their own podcast. Yeah. Which is really cool. There's actually a new podcast. how great I feel when I read that. Yeah. And there's a new podcast that's going to be starting very soon on our website. I won't say what it is yet because I haven't started it yet. Okay. But it's uh, another TV-based one. So, if you're doing a podcast out there, send it it through. We will plug it. Okay. What questions have we got this week? Uh, What have we got this week? We have Jack Woods. I know I'm going to save you for last, Jack. Sorry. Just want to get in there first. If we don't answer your question, as we say every week, we will get to it. We have plenty of questions coming through. But... If you want a question asked and you haven't sent one in yet, please send it in because we add them all to the mailbag and it's all a lucky dip. You yep. might send one tonight as just before we're recording and it might get answered. It's literally a lucky dip. Yeah, or it might be three weeks. Sometimes we will wait. Like if there's a question that's got a theme about something we'll be talking about, that's then we'll save the episode, it for later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people we just like more than others. And it doesn't um, just have to be Simpsons-based either. We like to have every week a non-Simpsons-based question. So send them through, guys. Exactly. To uh, the Facebook page, that is. We will kick it off with a Simpsons-based, though, from Jackson Bard Talent. Now, we re- uh, recent, relatively recent. We did a top 10 list of our favorite Treehouse of Horror segments. And we're going to do more podcasts of our top 10 list that we've done in the past. Because we are. We've, we said we are going to do it, and then we just stopped. The last one we did, I think, was the one-time-only characters, maybe? Yeah, the, or the musical. I think we did one for the songs, oh, yeah, the songs as well. Yeah. And they're really fun to do, so look out for them. We're going to be plenty yeah, more. Yeah, they'll be coming. Uh, but he wants to know what our favorite favorite Treehouse of Horror segment of all time Just is. segment. Yeah, because I think we did best episodes from memory. Yeah. yeah. So his favorite one was Homer 3D, yep. uh, which... You know, it, it's so groundbreaking. Like, how you remember when that one first came out, how exciting it was that it was coming up? That's why it's my favourite. Because yeah. you know why? That was the first episode of The Simpsons. I've said this on the podcast before. That yeah, I, right. That I got to watch. Yeah. New episode. I, and continue. I was going to say, well, I remember the frustration of, like, when it started. I was like, this is it. Because it was called Homer 3D. But then it was all 2D. And, like, for the first half of that segment, it's 2D. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? I was like on? that from the very beginning of the entire fucking episode. Because I said, this. all they showed on the co- on the commercial was 3D Homer. Yeah. And I thought the whole episode was going to be 3D. So I went into it and there's the first two segments weren't 3D and I remember looking to mum going, I've got it on the wrong channel. I've got it on the wrong channel. Something's not right here. This can't be the same way they advertised. They said it was going to be 3D. And then like you said, it said Homer 3D and it wasn't 3D. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was such a nightmare. <laughs> uh, it, like, it, it really, really upset me. But then when it finally happened, it was just everything that you wanted it to be and more. And obviously, it's not great 3D when compared to what we have now. No, but keep in time, mind... How great was it when he was 3D in the real world? Yeah. Keep in mind that this was a time when, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3 would come out and people would walk past the TV going, Jesus, the graphics on that look good. <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> We were, we It was a simpler time. We didn't have Uncharted. We didn't have those sorts of joys. Our 3D movies were the red and blue glasses. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you were lucky. Yes. A lot of the time, that there were magazines with red and blue glasses. So, is Home of 3D our three favourites then? Like, like mine, yours, and... No, no, it's not my favourite. So, what is your favourite? That is my favourite, yeah. 100%. Just purely because of, it reminds me of that time when I first got to watch The Simpsons. Um, I have... I do like the Omega Man, though. Omega Man's great. Uh, I really also enjoy, um, <laughs> what's the one where he gets turned into a donut head? The Devil Homer, Devil Flanders. Devil Flanders, that's right. And all of the cops hanging around outside. Like, oh, He's got to yeah. come out sometime, boys. I that. Yeah, it's funny, <laughs> I yeah. love that. Uh, no, my favourite would be Time and Punishment by... That's very good. Yeah. 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 It's, just, oh, it's just so funny. Trias of Horror 5 is like up there with top 10 episodes of all time. Yeah. Uh, uh, the famous bit of advice, remember what your dad said to you on your wedding day, if you ever travel back in time, <laughs> don't 
touch anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mustn't touch, mustn't squish, made it. Oh, I wish, I wish <laughs> I hadn't killed that fish. Uh, that's, that's a really good one. Um, so what's the next question? Uh, the next question in the mailbag comes through from Michael Perver. This isn't so much a question to us, but he sent through a photo of a brilliant Hank Scorpio tattoo that he has. Yeah. He would like to know who else out there has some Simpsons tattoos. I've considered getting one, but then I realized that would be silly. What would you get if you were to get one? I haven't given it that much serious thought, but you know, I have to get something that is something that the hardcore fans would appreciate, but something yep. that non-hardcore fans would still know. Yep. You know what I reckon? You I would find that balance. If I was going to get one, and it's not necessarily along those lines, but my mate has uh, the greatest tattoo of all time. It's a tattoo of Fonzie uh, giving a thumbs up. It's on his ass, and there's a speech bubble that says "sit on it." Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hilarious. Yes, I reckon in the exact same location in a similar mode, I would maybe have Bart Simpson holding a slingshot. You know, about to let rip, with, like, you know, about to fire off the slingshot. With and maybe one eye closed? Uh, yeah, and maybe like get bent or something along those lines. Yep. <laughs> That'll I, do. I think if you're going to get a Simpsons tattoo, I don't want to just get one just so I can say I've got a Simpsons tattoo. No. I think honestly, after the discussion we've had, it'd be close to getting home in 3D. Yeah, okay. Because it was the first time I was allowed to watch a Simpsons. Where would you get it? I don't know. I've always considered getting a sleeve, but I. <laughs> I almost did, but then the reason I didn't, I was literally almost booked it, and the reason I didn't was because I was getting married, and Nicola didn't want me to have tattoos on my wedding day. Yeah, right. For the photos. But I was so close to getting it, and the sleeve would be just all pop culture things that have meant something to my life. Yeah. I'm a big E.T. fan. Yeah. So, I would get the moon with the bike in front of it. Yeah, cool. I'd get something Simpsons. I would get something, um, probably something John Lennon related on yep. part of my sleeve. Surely, there'd be some Star Wars in there. Something Star Wars, yeah, just mi- mixture of different different shit, you know? Yeah. I think I'd sneak home a 3D in there on a sleeve. I wouldn't okay. get a Simpsons tattoo anywhere else in my body. I think it's got to be... I couldn't just get a standalone Simpsons tattoo. I don't know. It's just something I'm not big on. I'm not big on colourful tattoos either, are you? No, I prefer black... Well, I have two tattoos and they're both black and white. Yeah, and that's very much... I've got one colourful tattoo that's on like, my ass. When they're first done, like if I watch LA Inc. or something, or Miami Inc. or whatever it might be, like they look great originally. Yeah. But then like you see a colour tattoo four or five years later, a lot of the time it kind of looks a little bit pastel and not quite as... There's guys at work that have... Sleeve tattoos that are colourful and they look like they've been drawn on with a crown. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure part of that comes down to the quality of the ink as well. Yeah. yeah without true. getting into all tattoo master here. But no, send us in your tattoos. If you've got Simpsons tattoos, please get them. Uh, sorry, please send them through. If you don't have Simpsons tattoos, get them. Please go out and do it just yes. now, tomorrow. Get a home of 3D so I can see what it'll look like on the Get me a four well. finger <laughs> discount tattoo. Man, can you imagine if someone did that? I would. I don't know. We, I don't really have anything to give away. You're definitely getting a t shirt. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. You'd blow them a kiss? Um, I might serenade What about a them. nude? A nude selfie? From me or from... What? I'd take the photo. I don't know that that's necessary. <laughs> well, if you take it, it's not a selfie. Next question. I don't know that that's necessarily going to encourage tattoos. Yes, but if you've got a Simpsons tattoo, we'd love to see it. So send the photo into the Facebook page and we will post it on our page. Yep. Uh, now, we've got another one from Jack Woods. Uh, he is relatively Jack new. Jack Woods. It's a good name. Solid name. It's like a... Um, Ty- uh, golfer? Jack Woods. Yeah, exactly. Papa. It's a cro- cross between Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, nice one, Dana. Nice one. Very clever. <laughs> so, well, I forget that you do know a little bit about golf, so I thought you might have actually legitimately made that by mistake. So, I'm sorry. Um, he would like to know what sort of Australian-centric sayings, or in his word, idioms, which was far more intelligent a word than we would normally wanker. get in our correspondence. Are you wanker. calling him a wanker or is wanker? <laughs> yeah. They know how to say wanker in England. Yeah, I've right. Learned, I've learned it the hard way. Because, well, first of all, 
My dad was... Do our American listeners even know what a wanker is? Well, I don't think they do. Or they, they probably know of, of it, but they don't use okay. it. Because I well, remember when WWE first came to Australia, 2002, it was called the Global Warming Tour. Yeah. And it was called Colonial Stadium at that point. Yeah, so yeah, Which yeah. is now Etihad Stadium. And Chris Joker came out and everyone was chanting the classic, You are a wanker. Yeah, right. And he was just like, I don't even know what the hell a wanker is. And everyone just pissed themselves laughing. Yeah. Maybe that's another one, pissed ourselves laughing. Is that a... Aussie term? I, don't, uh, I reckon it may, may be New Zealand as well, but I reckon it would be definitely taking, down taking south. Taking the piss? Taking the piss, yeah. yeah. So, taking the piss means making fun of. Um, taking the mickey. It's a, yeah. It's, that's probably a more American version of it, actually, taking the mickey. But anyway, getting back to wanker. Yeah, getting back. Uh, so, well, to so explain. So, we're allowed to say it because we're an Australian podcast. Ha- wanker in Australia virtually means idiot. And it's on the same par as idiot in regards to being offensive. Yeah. It's on, it's on par with idiot. So, yeah. my dad... This is just what my dad's like. Nicola and I, we just started dating and we were going out to town together. So we had a few pre-drinks at my place and dad was driving us into town. And my dad, just being my dad, said, where am I taking you to, wankers? And Nicola was shocked. She mm. could not believe it. She's like, he just called us wankers. And I said, yeah. Like, is he, you're, not, you're not offended by that? I was like, no. He just called, what's wrong with fucking saying wanker? Anyway, so she explained the whole situation where it means something bad in England. So, I go to England to meet her family for the first time. We're playing cards, family night. Everyone's over, the uncle, the cousins. Nicola's doing something, and I just say, oh, don't be a wanker. Silence. Everyone just <laughs> looks at me. And I had that moment where I thought, oh, shit, I've done it. I've, oh, blimey. This was the first time I got to meet the family, and I've done it. But I just ex- Nicola explained, no, wanker doesn't mean, like, she explained it. And they were like, yep. oh, that's cool. But that was shocked when I said wanker over there. When I called Nicola a wanker, they, the dad, her, the dad, her dad, Ray, looked like he was not impressed. Yeah, right. He just gave me the eye and I was like, oh man, I won a chance and I blew it. But yeah. that worked out fine. Yeah, okay, good. They probably uh, think I'm a wanker, but. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Any other ones? Uh, well, what else? Do, I don't know. Do I say, uh, um, mate? Like, that's a basic one, but mate, yeah. for me, because I'm really terrible with names. Yeah. So it's just like, g'day, mate. What's going yeah. on, mate? Like, yeah. I, anyone that you don't know is just mate and it's g'day so much easier the, in life. Yeah, good day. Okay, but that's it for the mailbag. Look, if it, there's probably... The thing is, if I do say any Australian phrases, I probably just say them all the time without even realising it. So, it's hard for me to sit back and think, what do I say that would be unusual to other people? You, you tell what us. I mean? what, what, do, what have we said that's confused you? And we'll explain what we meant by it. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yes. So, that's our review of Itchy and Scratchy and Marge, an episode that I won't be going back and watching anytime soon, but it's a very monumental and very well-written episode. As I said, if you want to go back and just have... like, If you want to laugh a million times... Probably not the one for you, but if you enjoyed this conversation and you kind of want to get the level of insight that we got out of this from an episode, this is the one to go to. This, because this followed immediately after Bart the Daredevil, two very monumental episodes for two very different reasons. Yeah. This was very well written and showed why The Simpsons are so different from other cartoons in the written sense. Yeah. Bart the Daredevil was proof that we can have Homer falling down a cliff and have a good story at yeah. the same time. I tell you what, if you're a younger kid and... You want to watch The Simpsons, you're like, no, 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 you can't watch that because The Simpsons are stupid. Show them this. Yeah, show your parents sit this. Down, sit them down and say, watch this episode and then tell me that I can't do it. Yeah. This is as clever an analysis on censorship in the media by the media that you're ever likely to see. Exactly right. So, make sure also you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash discount. We are loving the new, the new likes at the moment. Every time I refresh the page, new likes. It's, oh, I'm gonna I, don't, to, I don't understand it. I'm going to have to get like a second phone battery just for checking the page. <laughs> the and I, I feel like, I, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant about that. It's just exciting for us. And thank you so much to everyone yeah. that's, that's jumping on board. I just, I literally, I say, like I said, I say this every episode, I can't believe people are listening, but I really yeah. do appreciate and it's it. One of the, like every week I'm like, okay, 
don't get too ahead of yourself. It's probably no. going to end. And, you know, like, no one becomes an overnight success and blah, 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 blah. And then, like, every night, I'm like, holy shit, it's getting better and better and better. And people are starting, <laughs> to, call. People are starting to call. And big things are happening around the Torrent this world, this which is, is really, exciting. Really cool. Do you think we're ever going to get Matt Graining on the show? No. <laughs> let's, let's set our goals a little bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> also, thanks to our official sponsors, The Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page. Make sure you chuck them a like and nohomers.net, the best online forum for Simpsons fans, I guess you could say. Yeah, definitely. If you want to converse with Simpsons fans... Best place to do outside it. Outside of four-finger discount, um, then nohomers.net, that's the place to go. Not even outside. Inside, outside, all around. Synergy. We're yes. together. In, we're all in this together. Good song. Just, yep, a little bit of Ben Lee for you at the end of the podcast. <laughs> See you later, guys. Shh.